It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Week three is here in the NBA. It's Fantasy Basketball Week three, coincidentally. And as Ice Spice once sung about Greg Popovich and his information regarding Devin Vassell's injury, Boys a Liar, part two, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Just a quick reminder, for Sunday, there is an early game. There was an early game Saturday, a very early game Saturday. There is an early game on Sunday as well. I believe it is a 3 p.m. Eastern start. For those of us here in Australia, shout out to you blokes. Um, That means it's a different time because American Daylight Saving finishes tomorrow, I believe. So that will be a 7 a.m. game for us. Instead of what it would have been last week was 6 a.m. But you don't need to know that. What you need to know is it's a 3 p.m. Eastern start, which is a 7 a.m. start for us in Australia. Adjust your other time zones uh, as need be. We are heading into week three, and I will give you the forewarning. I have already on many shows this week. This is a stinker. This is a terribly scheduled week. It is a week where streaming is not as viable. I mean, it's still viable, but you can't actually take gigantic advantage of it. And how do we approach that? Then we'll we'll talk about a bit later, but it's more about like, let's just target single days, but also we can have more of a long-term view because we're not sacrificing as much on the streaming front. 
this week, considering how hard it is going to be to do. So let's get in and talk about this abomination of a week three schedule. Just quickly, what did you guys, and I know what you thought, what did you guys think of the uh, in-season tournament from yesterday, the courts, the uniforms? I loved it, but I know most people hate it. Most people hate change or they complain about their eyes. I I get that. I had no problem with my eyes whatsoever. I had no problem tracking the ball or seeing anything. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it looked great, and I thought the games were all super competitive. That first game, especially Indiana-Cleveland, well, the others were great too, but the crowd was so hyped up into it. Whether the in-season tournament means anything for the winner, I don't know, but it was, a, I thought, an excellent start to this concept, which I was not particularly... I, I didn't think it was anything that was needed, but... I think it's been executed pretty well, but I know that you're going to hate it. I know that people are going to hate the courts and I can't see what's going on. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, that I, I can see it. I can't put myself in everybody else's eyes. So uh, yeah, that, that's my take on it. Let's look at week week three. Yeah, week three in the NBA. We, uh, we've we got a, a weird week. Again, out of the first three weeks of the season, we've got two of them that only have six days worth of NBA action, which is a little frustrating. Let's see how it all plays out. We've got a ridiculous 12 games on Monday, zero games on Tuesday, which I believe is for election day, but maybe I'm wrong. What elections are on? Do you guys just have an election every single year? I know it's not a presidential election. What's actually happening? Why why is this happening every year? I thought they would take this Thursday. I know why they take the Tuesday off. I thought they would just take it off when there's actually the presidential election, but apparently not. So I don't know what elections are going on. I'm not that enmeshed in American political culture to know what's happening. I just know that there's zero games on Tuesday. So, of course, that means we have to go absolutely batshit crazy on every other day. Well, not every other day. The two surrounding it. 14 games on Wednesday. That is honestly that's ridiculous. That recap show, that is going to be a, a very, very long boy. And, of course, we've got two games Thursday. Why would you? Why wouldn't you put seven and seven? I don't know. Well, even that. It's 16 games across two days. Maybe we could go eight and eight. I don't know. Friday, we've got nine. Saturday, we've got four. And Sunday, a big Sunday. We don't normally get these big Sundays during um, during NFL season either. 11 games on Sunday. So three double-digit game days for week three. And that is why I say that this is a stinkingly bad schedule for fantasy basketball. So there are a bunch of teams playing four games. You can see them all up on the screen in alphabetical order. Boston, Brooklyn, Dallas, Detroit, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Pacers, Clippers, Lakers, Heat, Bucks, Wolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Sixers, Spurs, and Wizards. So that is 6, 12, 17 of the 30 teams, despite having only six games of six days of action during the week. Um, they 17 of those teams play four games. That's uh, a little bit more than I anticipated. Usually you get a little bit of a lower load in games played, and there is slightly lower because I would guess the usual is 20 teams play four games, Um, but we're at 17 for this week. In terms of three-game teams, we've got the Hawks, the Hornets, the Bulls, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, another opportunity to lose three more games. The Knicks, the Magic, the Suns, the Kings, and the Jazz. So we've got 10 teams playing three games, and those of you with a calculator handy would be able to see that that means there are three teams playing two games. A lot of two-game weeks to begin this season. The Cavs, the Blazers, and the Raptors. Now, the Cavs had a really good schedule in week two. 
it's obviously not as good this week. And the Blazers and the Raptors looking a little bit stinky with that two-game schedule. We never like a two-game schedule. And we we have changed a few things up on this weekly preview show. Also, so be aware of that at the end as we cover a few more little different things that uh, some people have been asking for. So if we look at quality games for the week, there's not many. Because during the week, there's only three days which would qualify as a quality game day. And Friday is borderline. I always use the cutoff as nine games. Anything above nine is not a quality game. Nine and below is. And Friday's got nine. So we're looking at Thursday, Friday, Saturday as the three quality game days. Of course, Tuesday is a quality game day because there's fewer than nine games. The problem is, is that no bloody team plays. So that doesn't count. So we've only got the three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So early in the week, first three days, nothing. Can't do nothing with streaming. You can plan, you can, you can stash, you can do any of that stuff. Can't stream. Well, in most cases, you can't stream. There are four teams only that have two quality games. Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Orlando. We'll talk about Milwaukee's schedule a little bit more in detail later on. But four teams have two quality games. So when we are attacking streamers, well, not that Boston has a huge amount of them, um, but you know, when we look at Milwaukee, maybe it's Malik Beasley or Jay Crowder or Bobby Portis. And Atlanta, you know, it's, it's, it's Sadiq Bay. There's not much else there. Obviously, a Kongwu Johnson, these guys should be rostered. Anyway, Hunter should be rostered at this point. Orlando is probably the interesting one with Wendell Carter out with Marco Fultz dealing with an issue, Gary Harris dealing with an issue. So Anthony, um, Suggs, Mo Wagner, John Isaac, maybe. They're the only teams with the two quality games. But there are four teams that have zero quality games. So if you are considering, maybe, hey, maybe I'll try an Alex Caruso for the Bulls or Tory Craig's now starting over Pat Williams and Williams look better off the bench. Maybe we stream them in. Well, you can't really use them because they don't play on any of the low volume days. Same goes for the Nuggets. So if you're looking at what Christian Brown was doing, maybe you don't want to look at it. What about for the Knicks? Josh Hart started with Barrett out, but if you're adding him and then Barrett returns, you probably don't use Hart at all for the week. Same with DiVincenzo. Same with Grimes. Honestly, same with Quickly, who's just not playing enough. And the Blazers as well. We love what we're seeing from Tumani Kamara. Big minutes, started the second half over Matisse Thibel. And if you take a crack at that, you take a flyer on it, you'll play him zero games next week. Yeah, Brogdon, Sharp, different story. But these sort of players like Thibel, like Skylar Mays in deeper leagues, like Tumani Kamara, you're just probably not going to have the obviously with the, the Blazers, they have only two games anyway. You're just not going to have that opportunity to um to use these players, which makes it relatively pointless in a lot of cases uh, to grab them and add them onto your roster. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. Near you. That's important because it will give you these flash deals of something happening near you. Go, hey, this is happening. Cheap deal tonight. You want to go? And you go, that's a good idea. So you jump in the game time app. You have a look at all the pricing and it's there. And one of the other features they've got is their all-in pricing. So when you go to see the price for an event, you click on it and you don't get smacked with a 20% processing fee or a 10% transaction fee or a 3% ah, we just feel like it fee. It's all there. The price is just there. You see it, you click on it. What you see is what you pay, which is honestly a breath of fresh air versus how other ticketing apps work. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets on GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay. Um, let's move into the next part of the show because we've talked about the quality games and let's talk about streaming because, as I said, it is just not going to be as viable or as useful or as beneficial, maybe, to stream this week. We don't have a real set plan of like grab this guy here and then transition to this and you get six ads, six games for four four ads. It just doesn't work that way. We've only got the three days worth streaming, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're three days back to back. So no team is going to play three games across those three days. There's no Thursday, Friday back to back to make it even worse in terms of streaming. So it's not like you even add a guy and get two there. So the only back to back we've got across the three back to back, uh, three streaming days is Boston with a Friday, Saturday back to back. And the only guy who might even be available in standard leagues is Al Horford. He's going to sit one of those games. What that might do is it might make in one of these games Sam Hauser or Luke Cornett worthy of a stream, but bloody hell, like that's sort of where we sit. Realistically, most leagues are going to have four ads for the week. Now, I will always, this always happens to me, and I think it's, this is not to call out anyone in particular because I don't remember anyone's name that, that, that said these to me, but also, it's very clear or very key to remember that your league settings are not universal usually. So there will be people who throw a comment, man, why would you do this? Why wouldn't you talk about it this way? And then you go, okay, well, that's just not how it works. Oh, well, my league only allows pickups on two days during the week. Okay, but that's not how everyone runs things. In fact, that's how the majority don't run things. So I think when you're thinking about asking a question or approaching a um, a pickup in your league or whether a guy's an add or a drop, your league settings, and we stress this all the time. It's one of the first things I say when we restart a new season of fantasy basketball, understand your league settings, but also understand how your league settings differ from everything else. If you're in a league where you've got 40 transactions you can make for the season, streaming's not for you. If you're in a situation where you can only make two ads for the week, and you can only do them on Mondays and Thursday, well, that's a different approach for what you've got to do. If you're in a league where you have five starters and 10 bench, well, again, it is a very different process. So I think always understanding what standard is and then how your league differs from standard is quite is quite key when not even asking questions, but throwing comments out or assessing the information that's provided. I can't provide information for every single sort of format or every single sort of scenario, um, but there are a lot of different ways that people do it. Also, just a quick side note, there's no perfect point scoring system. So don't be like, oh, how should I make this a bit better? Just do what you do. Just keep the default, I think, is the best way to go, honestly. I don't really see why we'd need to muck around with it. Just complicates things further. But that's all beside the point here. So in terms of streaming, it's just not a great week to do it. 
So we had the best player on each day, the best Thursday guy, the best Friday guy, the best Saturday guy. But like I said earlier in the show, this gives you an opportunity to stash. It gives you an opportunity to hold. It gives you an opportunity to see how things play out. Not happy with how Xavier T. Illman has performed. A bit worried that he went to the bench. Yeah, I am. Even though he performed better on the bench than he had starting and still can't hit a single shot. And I wouldn't say that the David Roddy starting experience worked well considering they lost to Portland. But what am I to, what am I to say? But it gives you a little bit of an opportunity to hold through that. Let's see how that works. Let's see before you panic and drop DeAnthony Melton, who's shooting 27% from the field. Let's just wait and see. You don't need to sacrifice roster spots for this week because you're not getting a gigantic gain out of streaming. This is a stash week. It's maybe a great week to stash Keontae George. I'll keep throwing it out there. Not for everybody. But it's just this week in general enables you a little bit of extra time to hold onto the guys underperforming. The first three days of the week, you probably don't even have to use those players. And you get a few more data points in. It gives you more time to speculate on guys. Maybe you want to take a flyer on Marcus Sasser. Do you think he's going to overtake Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey and be a 30-minute night starter? I think it's doubtful when Morris and Burks and Bogdanovich come back, but they're not. But this gives you time to assess that. And that is, I think, when we talk about this week, with weird schedules, you might cop an L because of this stuff and because your game's played less than your opponent and it's harder to make it up. But use it to your advantage to not make rash decisions, to try and assess the value of players, to try and wait on a couple of things or to take some longer-term flyers that might pay attention or might pay off, actually, heading into future weeks. I think that is probably the right way of approaching this. Let's look at some schedule quirks. And yeah, it's, it's quirky. The Kings and the Jazz don't play on the weekend. That's important. Obviously, Darren Fox is one well, obviously. Darren Fox is probably going to be back by that time. So if you did have Davion Mitchell, if you did add Malik Monk or tried Kevin Herter, well, the end of next week, we don't need those guys. You're not an ideal scenario when you're looking at Colin Sexton or Horton Tucker or even George, if you are looking specifically to win this week. And then we look at, there are three teams who have a three-day break in the middle. Chicago, Denver, and Portland. Now, Unfortunately for these three teams, they have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off, the only streaming days available for the week. So Chicago, Denver, Portland do not play on those days. That stinks. All those days are off. And then actually, maybe I think I've missed a team there. There's another team that might have um, that three-day break as well. Let me just double-check that. Yeah, there is. Sorry, my bad. It was the Knicks. Yeah, oh, the three teams that I said had no quality games. So there's four teams there that don't play Thursday through Saturday, which we already discussed um, earlier on on the show. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Bonus bets if your team wins. That's it. You just pick who wins. And if you win it, 150 bucks goes into your account in bonus bets. And then you can go and use those bonus bets on parlays, on um, over-unders, on spreads, on futures, on player props. It's all over there on Fangio. You just got to hit that money line bet for five bucks to begin things. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, that will bring us now into um, yeah, some more schedule stuff, of course, because that's what we're doing. We're looking at week three. Let's look at the teams that play three games in four nights. Now, for, for a lot of this, the situation here, this doesn't matter a huge amount for fantasy because realistically, our number one thing in terms of streaming is going to be looking at quality games. But in terms of drop-off in production, um, potential rest spots, this is worth looking at. So there are a few teams that have three and four game sets this week. To begin the week, Sunday through to Wednesday, Dallas, Denver, Golden State, and the Spurs go Sunday through Wednesday, three games in four nights. A little red flaggy there for maybe, maybe Luca with three games in four nights. Maybe Steph, definitely Clay, maybe Draymond, maybe Chris Paul with the Warriors. So there might be a one-day opportunity for some of these players. The Spurs, do what do they do with Wembenyama across a three and four situation? By the way, again, I referenced it earlier in the show, but... Greg Popovich talking about Devin Vassell's groin injury. Yeah, he's going to be out a while. Uh, looks like he's not. He's doubtful for their next game, which is Sunday, and then he's day-to-day. So either the doubtful designation's a lie or Greg Popovich is out for a while is a lie. We don't know. And it goes leads back into that conundrum. If you ignore what a coach says and it turns out they were right, well, you're foolish because you literally got told it to your face. If you believe what a coach said and they turned out to be lying, well, you're an idiot because coaches always lie it's a really tough thing to try and thread that needle through. And luck, well, not was lucky, I don't know. I, I didn't really see a must-add guy with Vassal out because I thought they'd start Branham and it wouldn't necessarily mean there'd be a must-add guy, but it's sometimes we take chances on these things and they don't work out. Shout out to old mate, Dayron Sharp. I, I was clearly, I was very wrong on that. And that happens. We just try to make the best of whatever situation we've got. There, the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks play three games in four nights, Monday through Thursday. Now, obviously, Tuesday is off, but they play three and four nights. The Pacers don't really worry me too much there. The Bucks do. Obviously, Chris Middleton's going to sit one of those games. But how does Giannis look three games in four nights? Does he sit one? He played through their first back-to-back, but three and four is a little bit different. And then Wednesday through Saturday, Boston and Milwaukee play three and four. And what is important there is, you'll note, Milwaukee... A three and four, and a three and four. Meaning they play four games in six nights. That is a very, a very loaded schedule for the Bucks. And so they go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. That may mean that that Thursday game, you know, that Thursday game for or even the Wednesday game for Giannis is in jeopardy. Now, I guess Thursday they wouldn't because they'd be in the resting rules on a a nationally televised game. But four games, six nights, two, three, and four sets there for the Bucs must raise some level of red flag for availability. It's not an ideal schedule. Um, What about any teams with four and six? Well, I already said that Milwaukee's got the four and six Monday through Saturday. Um, Boston's also got four and six Monday through Saturday. So you worry about Horford there. Everyone else should be okay. And then um, Sunday, starting Sunday, because we haven't played Sunday's games yet, and that leads into um, increased load giggity through the week. Dallas and Detroit, Sunday through Friday, six games, four games in six nights. 
No one has a four in five, but these guys have a four in six. So you worry about Kyrie. You worry about Luca and four in six. The Pistons, maybe, maybe a slight worry with Cade. I don't think so. He's been playing through all the way through. But four in six does lead to a level of, hmm, just watch if there's a decrease in performance or there becomes a load issue um, with playing so many games in so few, uh, so few days. Back-to-backs. Not that many. Sunday heading into Monday. Now, you can get an advantage most weeks by looking at a Sunday-Monday back-to-back, but with 12 games on Monday, you're not probably going to play the guy. But let's talk about it. Dallas and Detroit, the Warriors and the Spurs have a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. We look at the Warriors for Curry, for Draymond, for Paul. We look at the Spurs for Wembenyama and what they're going to do with him. Or sorry, as Reggie Miller would call him, Wembenyana. Um, The... Kyrie and Luca thing for Dallas and for the Pistons. Again, not really worried to there. Wednesday, Thursday, which is 14 games into two. Sick. Um, it is Indiana and Milwaukee. Again, nationally televised games on the Thursday, meaning you're probably not at risk there, but the Bucks with that bad schedule, watch on Wednesday. Friday, Saturday is the Celtics with a back-to-back, the only back-to-back across the quality game days. Al Horford's going to sit, guarantee you that. And then the weekend back-to-backs, it is the Warriors also. You'll notice Warriors Sunday, Monday, Warriors Saturday, Sunday two back-to-backs in this eight-day period. And the Miami Heat, so Jimmy Butler's at risk, and Steph and Draymond and Paul are at risk on that back-to-back as well. So in a nine-category league ad, these guys are all available in 50% of leagues, and I I think they're all going to be guys that you could add and could start for the week. In a lot of cases, you will. One of them is Josh Richardson. Is he going to blow you away? No, but a four-game accumulation week. Maybe he's at risk of sitting the weekend back-to-back. That's possible. But four games, 30 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night, 120 minutes of action for the week. It's probably enough to roll the dice there. Dylan Brooksy Brooks has been shooting unbelievably, and it is going to come back. But he might play 35 a night for four games. That's enough, in some cases, to take a crack. Old mate Jeremy Sohan. Four games for the week. Don't think there's any risk of sitting. He's looked better in the last game. Vassell might miss one of them, which helps his overall value. Really good opportunity to use him, I think, for the week. Christian Wood with four games as well. Vanderbilt is still out. Hachimura's in concussion protocol. Torian Prince has a knee injury. Wood is playing much better. The four games leans in his favor as well. And same with Derek Lively, the second. Now, there's going to be some weird games from Lively. There'll be a 35-minute one, and then there'll be a 10-minute one because of foul trouble. But in general, it looks like old mate kid is wanting to get Lively more minutes than we might have thought that he would lean into early on, which is always a good scenario. For points leagues, it's the same sort of plays. I am going to add Bones Highland there over Derek Lively. Yes, Bones could get really squished with Harden arriving, but they do have four games and maybe he gets 20 minutes a night, mainly because Terrence Mann is likely out for the whole week. Now, if Mann did play, I wouldn't think that Bones would be an option, but with Man out, that probably does float Bones' value for the week with the four. The other guys I've got there are Josh Richardson, Dylan Brooks, Jeremy Sohan, and of course, the crucifix, Christian Wood. Lastly, we look at the teams that play two games. There's Cleveland, there's Portland, and there's Toronto. The only real guy with the way that the schedule is and the majority leaning four games, the only guy that I say is an automatic start is Don Mitchell. So on Portland, Shaden Sharp's been playing really well. I don't think he's going to be a start. That is a blanket statement. Um, I don't think Garland or Mobley or Allen are starts in Cleveland. Obviously, Struce isn't either. 
The debatable one there is Scotty Barnes, who's been playing really, really well. He's on the border for me. So if you just believe that he's going to keep up his insane level of play, which is totally reasonable, he might do that. Yeah, I was way off on his projections, obviously, and I am bringing them up, but I can't quite get to the level he's at at the moment. But if you believe that he's going to be closer to those numbers that I do, then he probably is a start. And when I project him out for the week, I think he's like 128th, which I want to use 120 cutoff. And Mitchell was like 117 or something along those lines, right? But if you believe that Barnes is going to produce higher than that, then he is startable. But Ananobi's not, and Pirtle's not, and Siakam would get close-ish in points leagues, but probably not either because he stinks at the moment too. So the only guy that I really lock in as a starter is Don Mitchell and Barnes just a little, little bit behind there um, in that, uh, that group of guys that you might start with two games on. And that will do it for the week three preview. Leave your comments down below. I'm throwing that in early because I normally do it at the end. I'm going to throw it in now. Leave comments below. Subscribe, notification bell. And if you are listening on audio, well, if you haven't subscribed, I don't know what you're doing, but do it now. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify, but on YouTube. We really want to hit all those little key things. Get the numbers really pumping up. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.